0: Welcome to Experiencing God's Goodness. My name is Michelle Corgett, and today I want to invite you to join me as we hear stories of how individuals have walked through some incredibly difficult times and found God waiting for them in the middle of their darkest hour. We will hear some awesome testimonies of how God has shown up time and time again in the lives of these individuals and how they have experienced God's goodness. want to welcome Megan to the podcast today. Megan, you have a story about uh, really foster care and adoption, and there are always some really bright lights in that process, but there's also some difficult times, some hard times, but you still get to find God's goodness through all of that. And so why don't you just share your story with us?
1: Absolutely. It's been one of the most rewarding and one of the hardest things I've ever done, but I love to share about am very I'm passionate about it. So I would love to to share with you like how we got there. Growing up as a kid, like I grew up in, in a Christian home and really honestly had like a wonderful growing up years, had a wonderful life. I was the kid that, you know, while everybody else was like playing house, I was like playing missionary in the backyard and I had like my 17 little kids that lived in the orphanage and like I've always adoption and things like that have always been on my heart since I was a really young kid. So I always knew that that would be a part of my story in some way. I've always felt like I had the capacity to love children that I didn't birth and just to to kind of bring in children into our family and that it wouldn't really matter what our family looked like. So I, I knew that that was going to be like a part of my story in some kind of way since a pretty young age. Even to the point where I was like, you know, if I was dating somebody, I was just like, if you're not cool with this, then we probably shouldn't be dating because I just know this will be part of my story. So that's been something that's been on my heart for a long, long time. And so, you know, fast forward a while, I met my husband in college and, you know, we fell in love and got married and and had two biological children pretty close together. They're about 21 months apart. And so we had, you know, this cute little family I began to think about like adoption again, but I had always thought of adoption in international terms. That was what I was familiar with. And so I was kind of like, okay, like there's, you know, just different, like overseas possibilities and overseas options. And right about that time, we moved here to Modesto and I met some friends who kind of shared their story with me and shared the huge need for for foster homes here in St. County and just like how... And how there was such a huge need for, like, good homes for these kids. In this meantime, while their parents were working on things. And once I saw that need and, like, my eyes were open to it, like, I couldn't really unsee it. And so we really felt like that was, like, a big calling on our life. And so so we kind of dove in in 2015. And we, I will say, we were really naive. And that has its good things and its bad things. But we had no clue what we were getting it, getting into. We were really excited. And I don't think we had any idea how hard it was going to be and how rewarding it was going to be. But we were just kind of like, okay, let's do this. So we took our very first placement back in August of 2015 because it takes a little while to to do the process. And then our summer was busy, so we kind of had waited till after summer. And so in, in August of 2015, we took placement of a little nine-month-old boy, and, like, we fell in love. We just, like, couldn't get enough of him. Our kids just loved him so much. Like, it was just a really – beautiful thing for our family and he was just like so happy-go-lucky and the sweetest little guy and part of it was probably like us not understanding the system and then part of it was probably that there was some unusual things in the case but we had had him for about seven months where things in our minds and from what we were told by social workers were looking like oh yeah this is just kind of trucking along towards adoption and then there was an appeal made that passed through and that's pretty unusual like you know only about like 2 or 3% of appeals that are made actually have substance and so the appeal kind of took the case all the way back to giving giving his biological mom services again so she began to working towards getting him home but for us that was like a huge shift in our minds of like wait a minute we had you know thought of the future and thought of forever with this little guy and all of a sudden it was just like oh this is going in a very different direction than we thought before and honestly we were pretty skeptical of the parents it was like a physical abuse case so we were we were leery and we it was very I think our mentality at the time was kind of like sadly like kind of like an us versus them or just kind of like be careful don't be too trusting and so we didn't do like a great job there's so many things i would change but we didn't do a great job of like building relationship with mom at the time and she was a really young mom and like looking back i see that she could have just used like that encouragement and used you know just a little more of like a seasoned mom to like come alongside her and And I wish we'd done that. I wish we had done that better. But like I will say that like mom worked really, really hard over the following months. And so he was with us for about a year and a half. And then he was able to go home and live with his mom. He was able to reunify with her. And for her that was like a really sweet moment. They're not gonna lie, for like us, it was a devastating moment. We were we were so heartbroken. We weren't prepared for that. We really didn't personally know anybody that had reunify, we knew lots of people who had ended in adoption. And so we just didn't have like anybody to even like bounce our feelings off of. I whenever I like explain what it feels like, it kind of feels to me a little bit like a like the death of a child because like they're like they're no longer in your life and there's just this like cutoff. But also similar to like a divorce where you know they're out there in the world. It's not like they're gone. You know they're out there in the world. They're just not like in your world anymore. And that was, I I grieved really, really hard. It was a really dark, a really dark time for me that I didn't really, I wasn't really prepared for, but I don't know if there's really a way to prepare for it. But I think these children deserve for us to give our whole hearts to them and to, to love them unconditionally and to not hold back. So I don't regret that part at all, but the grieving afterwards was just, was really hard. I I had a lot of thoughts of like I like God I did this for you and I I did all the right things and I feel like you asked me to do this and I did it and I was faithful and so like where are you now or like how am I left with like all of this pain when I when I was following you like I like I felt like there should be blessing and I think I felt like blessing blessing looks like XYZ and like God just showed me so much about how like his blessing doesn't look like what we think it's going to look like so I was kind of in the middle of of this pain and this like really hard time and all I could really think of was like cuz like, we had prayed and we had prayed and we had everybody praying you know and all I could think of was like either god's not powerful enough to change anything or he just doesn't care and both of those are really hard thoughts to have when you're feeling in despair so i was just like either you're not powerful or you're either you're not powerful or or you don't care and so i got kind of disillusioned With who God was. And so, like, here I am, a pastor's wife who's like, I don't even know. I'm so unsure in my faith right now. Like, I'm not really sure if God is who he says he is. I'm like working with students and telling them one thing. But in my mind, I'm like, I don't even know if I believe this at this point. I had really, like I said, had a really good life. And I really, Hadn't had something that had really like shaken my faith, and this for me was like really like where the rubber met the road of like, do I really believe who you say you are? Do I know who you are, and do I believe that you you are who you say you are? I like such distinct memories of standing in church, um, and it was a time at church where that song "Good Good Father" was like a very popular song. We were singing it a lot, and and I would just stand there and not and just not sing at all because I was like, I can't say that you're a good father right now and I don't see how you're perfect in all your ways. Like to me that was that felt so far from the truth and I was just like I refuse to sing this. I don't think I believe this. And it was a really really hard time and I wish I could say that healing came really quickly, but it it, it didn't. We continued in our foster care journey so we took about five months to kind of just like take a beat as a family and then we got a call for a baby girl and so we took her into our home and we continued the 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 foster care journey and and that had its ups and downs for sure like she needed heart surgery really early on in life which was which was something totally out of our control and and that was fairly scary and then we were kind of working with her dad on reunification we had initially thought that it was likely there wouldn't be anybody kind of coming and working working towards reunification with her and then her dad kind of showed up so we were working alongside him in reunification so there was lots of continued ups and downs but this layer of like grief and sadness was still there as well while i was also working this new with this new case with this little girl that's like that's now our daughter and during all of this one thing that i did commit to is I I was like God I'm struggling but I will struggle towards you so I tried to struggle the best that I could like towards God like with an openness of just like I don't know if I believe these things but I'm at least like you show me like I'm at least open to believing them if if you're if you're really powerful or you're really good like show up and show me that and so I did try to like really struggle towards him. In 2018, I had the pleasure of going to uh, the Holy Spirit Conference at Bridgetown Church in in Portland. And while I was at that conference, like my sister and I went and they had at one point just offered to pray for healing for people. And I was kind of hesitant. And my sister was like kind of prodding me like, Meg, I think you should go up, you know, like you, you've just really been struggling like, like, I think you should just be open to going up and getting prayed for and And I did. And even then it wasn't this immediate, immediate thing. But from that point on, that, that was like the catalyst for me starting to feel, feel some healing and some wholeness and some like repair going on in my heart. And I can kind of point back to that time as, as when there was like a shift and a change happened. And I began to see like all these ways that he had been faithful in my story that I couldn't see before, and that he had been with me in my hurt. And I started to kind of be like overwhelmed by his goodness. And I mean, I love, uh, I love worship songs and a song that was kind of big. And that little era was, was reckless love. And I couldn't get enough of those lines of like, you've been so, so good to me. You've been so, so kind to me. Because I just became like overwhelmed with who he was and his faithfulness in the moment. And about that time... I had also like found a prayer that I had journaled and it had talked about, you know, it was, it was prior to fostering. And, and it was like, you know, I was just kind of like pouring things out to the Lord. And I said, like, I want to be like a conduit of change for families. Like I want to be a part of their healing. And, and God really showed me like he said, I did answer your prayer. It wasn't the prayer that you wanted answered. It wasn't the way that you expected it, but I did answer your prayer. Like you were a part of this family coming back together. And I wish I could say that we had continued contact with, with that little guy and his mom. We, we unfortunately hadn't really built the relationship to do that. And I think they needed just distance from the foster care system. So we haven't been able to, to stay in his life, but I have like the privilege of being able to continue to pray for him. And that's not a small thing, you know, that he, our lives touch one another for a time and a reason. And, and we always hold him with us and, And and as we continued in that journey, we've continued to have like a lot of ups and downs as foster care does, because it's, there's a lot of hurt and brokenness there. And, and we're, we're actively like stepping into that, willingly stepping into that brokenness. So it has a lot of ups and downs and it has a lot of bittersweet moments. Like some of, some of the days when it's been really joyful for me have been some of the hardest days for, for a birth parent. And it's like, you have to hold those together and that can be a really really hard thing but i will say like from from that first case that we did god did such a deep work in my heart and i and i just don't doubt his faithfulness like i like i don't doubt his goodness like i used to like i just know that i know after that after that time of struggle that i'm now really thankful for because we continue to go through hard things we continue to go through ups and downs with with birth families and with cases but like i i because of where he's brought us from i know that he's good i know that he's faithful and i'm so thankful that i can sit in that and i think it's allowed us to really really so much control you don't have a lot of control in the foster care system it doesn't really matter how great of a foster parent you are, how many things you do right. It's not an area where you're like if you succeed and you do a b c then then this happens. It's just kind of like you're taking care of them and loving them for a time and it's all completely out of your hands. So we were able to continue to walk with birth families through the process and kind of say, "Look, we don't have any control of what happens, but we're here with you and we can we can care for you and love you." And I was able to start to see them just as people that were you know, made in his image and deeply loved by him. So that was really amazing to be able to walk alongside birth families. And sometimes that has meant kids going home to their mom or their dad and, and having a life with them. And sometimes that has meant them staying in our home. It's looked different every time. I know I had mentioned the little girl that came in and had heart surgery. She's now our daughter. We were, we were so blessed to adopt her. And Even at one time, that looked like the end of our story with with her dad. It looked like okay, we 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 tried to work together and we encouraged him, but it just wasn't. He wasn't at a place where he could make changes. But even as as time went on, we hadn't heard from him in a while, and just such an amazing thing happened. I think it was in 2020. My husband happened to be pulling up to a stoplight and somebody pulled up next to him and they caught each other's eye. And it was my bod- my daughter's birth dad, and they pulled over and they got to talking and he had gotten clean and he really wanted a relationship with her. And it's just been this amazing thing where we've been able to you know, meet once or twice a month and just kind of let them build a relationship in a really safe environment, but let them build that relationship and see how God's continuing to redeem really hard stories and see how it's blessed his life and see how it's kind of like met a need in her too it has been so so cool and there's been times that it hasn't looked like that there's times that I grieve not being able to have a relationship with with some birth families but it's but it has been such a joy to be able to to walk alongside families in their healing and God's like simultaneously like redeeming and healing my heart too There's this quote that I read the other day that I just really loved uh, by Jamie Finn. And she's like one of my favorite foster moms that I follow online. And she said, there's great joy in suffering that is done for him because he uses it to produce in us perseverance and character and hope. We often want to avoid the hard things that accomplish good things in us. Suffering for his glory and the good of others is a beautiful thing that bears good fruit, not just in those we are serving, but in us. And I think... For me, like foster care has been such a a sanctifying work in my life. It has changed me so much. The children in our lives, they they have grown me. The the birth families in our lives have grown me, but also just going through those hard times of pain or of suffering have really like changed changed who I am. And it's just been so cool to see how God's like with us in our suffering he can take our suffering and turn it into blessing and I think there was a time when I felt like my hands were so empty when when our first little guy left I I just remember feeling like there is such a hole and and such a a loss there and now you know when I'm sitting on the couch at night and I have like five kids crawling all over me and I just think like my hands are so full and I'm so blessed beyond what I beyond what I could imagine and like you know that his his plan for us is so good and I can trust that. And it might not make sense to me at the time from like a human perspective, but when I know who he is, then I can then I can trust what he does and that every yes and no like are saturated with his goodness. So I can really confidently say like not not my will like not what Megan wants, but God what you want. And so I think that I've come to such a better place of trust through that. Which I would say is a daily thing that I have to constantly, constantly work at. but it's it's been so neat to see how he's how he's grown us through the process, me and my husband, by by us purposely putting ourselves in places of suffering. I know we've chosen these hard things. I and mean, that's sometimes hard for people to understand that we continue to choose. Things that will like break our hearts or like bring pain to our family in some ways. But I think he's matured us so much through them in a way that we wouldn't experience had we not stepped into it. And I think it's helped us weather weather other things better because it doesn't seem all of a sudden like such a big deal as it would once you've experienced hard things. So that's kind of like in a nutshell, my story.
0: Well, I have some questions. Yes, please do. Tell me about how your birth children have responded to having kids in and out of your home.
1: Absolutely. I think that that is sometimes people's biggest fear is like, what is this going to do to to my birth children or how is this going to hurt them? And, I, and I'm not going to say that they've been shielded from from the pain or the hard. They've experienced a lot in their little lives. My My oldest daughter's about to be 11. And then my son is nine. And so they've experienced this since since they were two and four. So they've this has been their life. But and I would say they have experienced a lot of hurt and hard. But what but what people fail to see is like, man, like their hearts are so compassionate, their hearts have grown so much for other people. They are like, this is our family calling and our family mission. And we every time we say, Are you guys ready? Do you want to do this? Anytime you say, we're done, we're done. And, and so they're, they're always the one that's, they're always the ones that are like cheering us on and their hearts are just, it has grown some really beautiful fruit in them. And even, you know, I have, we have had some really good and really hard conversations, especially with my, my eldest daughter of just kind of like, well, if, you know, if God is good, then then how could he let these things happen or how could he let this child be hurt or th- you know those those conversations are coming up really early but we're able to like walk through them i'm able to be like i'm there with you but this is what jesus is teaching me and and we can kind of walk through it together and that's been like a really beautiful a really beautiful thing so i would never let that be the hesitation because i feel like if anything it has grown just hearts of like empathy in my kids and they just they're always looking for like the lost or the lonely or the left out kid and to pull them in and it's really grown some beautiful things in them and they really I mean they they squabble like you know siblings do and they don't always like to share everything and whatnot but they really it's a family affair and they really hop in with with both hands and and help out and cheer us on
0: so that's great if you had to give advice or words of words of wisdom to somebody who's thinking about going into the fostering journey, how would you what would you want them to know? I oh so many things. I think I would want them want
1: them to know for one that there's just so much that is out of your control but thankfully we serve a God that is sovereign and in control and we can like that he can be trusted. And so even when things look from like a human perspective, like they're not making sense or they're not adding up, or you don't understand why the whys of it, you can like trust that he's good. And so it it really grows like a daily dependence where you're just like, God, I need you today. I need you to get through this court hearing. I need you to get through this visitation, help me with this conversation. It's, it is a constant dependence, but in, in such a good way to be in that space where you just need him for your daily life. So I would definitely say that letting go of control is huge.
0: I think letting go of control is a huge thing for all of us. <laughs> it's something we don't do very well, but you're right. I think a surrender is probably one of the biggest keys to being successful as a foster parent and as an adoptive parent have you experienced any any issues with your kids as your, with your adopted kids as they've started to mature i think some people are concerned about behavioral issues and from the trauma that they've experienced how have you dealt with that
1: that is very much a real thing i think naively we thought, you know, okay, like the hard part is done, Uh, you know, the minute we walked out of the courtroom. But sadly, like, you know, for our kids, they have experienced trauma, they've experienced that like loss and that separation from their birth parents, they've experienced drug exposure and alcohol exposure in some in some various health concerns and stuff like that, 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 that do add this extra layer. And so we are, you know, walking through different things with, with our children. My daughter in particular right now, we're kind of walking through like some struggles at school and struggles with, with like self-regulation and just some things that sometimes feel a little bit out of her control. And it can be a little bit daunting when it's like, when you're trying to kind of learn, like, why, why are you doing this the way you're doing this? And why are you the way that you are? But overall, like we have such a, such a deep, like love and commitment that it's just like, all right, like we're going to figure this out together, like as a family. And I think what is so amazing is how much just like stability and love and commitment can change. I know that some things are I know that some things are genetic and some things are like brought on by environment, but it's kind of cool to see how much nurture can really change a, change a child and change the perspective of things. And so that's been really amazing to see how how far she's grown and she's come as we've continued to just like consistently love her and try to like give her the the tools and the things that she needs. But I would say that it's definitely – something where you need to continue to advocate and continue to find solutions it's not just where you're not going in and looking for a perfect child no no child is perfect and every child has their struggles and that I think for me has been a blessing to have biological and adopted children is I can see in my uh, biological children as well that they have their own sets of struggles and they might all look different. I mean, some of them I might understand better than others, but every child has their things. And, and that's just part of being a parent is that you're just like committed to loving them and to walking through it together. It it can be a daunting idea, but it's, but it's also something that I think a lot of love and attention can really make like a huge difference. And not to mention that I feel like we always have to just keep in mind how much the Lord can change things and how how much he can like redeem situations and when you when you add that into the equation like that's a huge game changer beyond beyond genetics and environment and all of those things is that he he brings like that hope and that that healing and that change
0: I love that you are so open and honest and authentic with this journey you guys have been on as a family. The one thing that you were talking about earlier, though, that I think a lot of Christians struggle with talking about or admitting to is their struggle in faith, that when you hit a difficult time, suddenly you start asking those questions. Is God really good? Is he really doing the promises that I've been taught all these years that he's supposed to provide for me? I didn't experience it in this situation. And you've been honest about that. You've been talking about that. Were you, did you feel the freedom when you were going through it to talk about it?
1: I think, like, I am so grateful for my husband. He was my sounding board for a lot of it. And, like, I I know he heard it over and over again, but continued to, like, help me process it. But I think, honestly, actually the whole time, I was fairly honest and open about how I was feeling. I really appreciate about, that about like my church. I feel like I can be like who I am. And also like I had some good friends that were like in the foster care world. And even though they hadn't experienced reunification, and they kind of understood that part of things. And, you know, like some family support as well, where I felt like I was kind of able to just be who I was in that moment and just kind of be honest. And even, even with like our youth students, I was able to be fairly honest. And I think that maybe I hope that that was freeing for some people to that allowed them to, to say, well, this is what I'm really feeling too. I don't know why. I think I was just at such a place of grief and rawness that I didn't have the energy to cover it up. Or I maybe, maybe looking back, I, I would have, or I could have, but I think I was just too tired to, try to like make it look pretty. So I was kind of just like, here is me right now. And it's really messy.
0: I think that's the most impact we have on people, though, is when we let them see our messy I, again, appreciate, Megan, that you came and shared your story with us today, and I just pray that you will continue to be a blessing to our foster community here in our county and just to support the family that you have. So thank you for sharing with us. Thank you so much for having me. We're so glad that you could join us for today's podcast. If you're interested in experiencing God's goodness in your own life and you would like somebody to pray with you, there's a 24-hour hotline that you can call at 1-800-700-7000. There is somebody on the phone ready to talk to you so that you too can experience God's goodness.